Hello, Bloom Podcasters. This is the place where we learn to be, live, outlast, overcome, and move. I'm your host, Pamela Major, and I am so excited to bring you this word on the comfort, rest assured. Let's go. Hello, Bloom Podcasters. We're here today to talk about a topic that I think is so critical to our daily lives, and that is the topic of resting assured. Now, this is something that I find to be simply said, but not necessarily easy to carry out. And so let's just talk about it a little bit. Stress and anxiety are two of the most often mentioned issues facing humanity today. We are stressed and are anxious about so much, our work, our family, our health, our wealth. If it is a part of life, you and I have probably wrapped some stress or anxiety around it. How do we manage it though? God knows about it, but what does he have to say? Is he concerned about our stress and anxiety? Does he care? I believe that the answer to all of these questions about God and his concern about us is an emphatic yes. Well, if he is concerned, why do I keep feeling this way? Why don't things seem to start working out quickly? Why am I caught up in all of these issues? And I submit to you that possibly the answer is in a feeling and an action of resting assured. Now, clearly we are not saying that this rest comes automatically. We're not saying that life situations don't surround us. As a matter of fact, we are saying exactly that. Life situations do come around us. They are present. We have all of these things that we are concerned about. And yet, is there a place for us to relax? Is there a place for us to calm down? Is there a place in the midst of all of the things that we see happening, all of the issues that uh, we come up against in life, is there a place of assurance? And I think that there is. But I think that there's probably a few things that have come up in your life and in my life that keep us from having that assurance. So I find a few things consistent with us not having the assurance. Now, I want to always put in this caveat, um, and I don't say it as an excuse. I say it as a, a reality that some of us are dealing with some chemical imbalances that, uh, may require medication that may require therapy. And, uh, I'm an advocate of that. And I believe that God uses it. I believe that God uses it to help us come to a place of assurance. I also believe that probably some of the things that have happened is you and I have not put all of our eggs in one basket. We are jumping from idea to idea and philosophy to philosophy, to practice to practice, to faith to faith, and then back around in a circle. 
So if I'm not making myself clear here, what I want to say is that sometimes we have <laughs> a little bit of God over here. We, we've, we've got a scripture over here and then we've got some worry over there. And then we've got um, this practice that God has said, I don't want you do, to do that. I don't want my people involved in that. Uh, we, we may go to that. Uh, we've got a horoscope over here and we've got a tarot court card over there. And we're never set in a place of hearing from God, meditating on his word, being conscience, conscious about what he said. We, we never sit down or we seldom sit down to just be in a place of what has God said? What has God actually said? And when we forget the way that God designed us, the way that he desires to fellowship with us, the way that he has set himself up to be present for us, to fight battles for us, to know the hairs on our head, not just how many, but which one is which one, which, which hair is 237 and which hair is 522, which hair is still on our head and which hair has fallen out. He set himself up to know all of these things about us. He is so incredibly, incredibly concerned about you and I. And I don't mean concerned from the standpoint of worry. I mean concerned from the standpoint of he is our God. He created us. He knows us. He knows us better than anyone or anything. And so how do we get to this place of jumping back and forth between the word, his principles, his precepts, and whatever else is out there to be offered? How do we get there? How do we get there? And the other thing that I think keeps us from that assurance is we have forgotten to review, remember, and recall God's record. What do I mean by that? You and I can go back in our lives, you know, as the song says, as I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. Have you forgotten your testimony? Have you forgotten the things that God sustained you in, brought you out of, have you forgotten how he fought your battle? Have you forgotten how he made sure that things got so far and no further? May not have been as comfortable as you would have liked or as I would have liked, but didn't we learn some things? I can certainly say that I've learned some things in the midst of all of the challenges that I have experienced. And yes, I have experienced some sincerely difficult challenges. And while I won't go into all of that right here in this space, what I can promise you is that they were significant enough 
to absolutely bring me to tears, to absolutely bring me to a place of not wanting to eat or to bring me to a place of eating way too much. Uh, it, it brought me to a place of um, confusion and distress. But what brought me out was what I'm saying to you right now is that I reviewed God's word. I remember his promises and I recall his record in my life. And when I did that, I became assured that as is often said, he did it before and he'll do it again. And I believed that that's what would happen. And I've lived to see that that's exactly what happened. And so I want to kind of go over uh, God's word. I want to go over some stories that are very familiar probably to to many of you. And if they're new to you, that's fine. Uh, Take a moment and I'm going to share the scripture verses. I'm going to share them so that you can take some time to look back over them. And I'm picking things out um, not to... um, try to uh, disintegrate the word. Um, I believe the word needs to be integrated from Genesis to Revelation. I don't think you just pick it and decide, pick a scripture and decide that this is it and make an entire um, doctrine out of it. Um, I, I think that we often get into trouble and into danger when we do those kinds of things. But what I do think is that as we look at the stories and, and I want to say something about that, right? Stories. These are stories of real people. The same way you and I may have stories about our parents or grandparents or siblings or children. We have stories about them and they are true. The stories about the people in the Bible are true. These are real people that really lived in a time where the scriptures were being written. And so we don't live in the time of them being written, what we do is we live in a time where we have the privilege and opportunity to look back at the scriptures and say, wow, look at what God has done. Look at what happened to this person. These were not superhumans. These were people like you and I who just happened to live in the time when the Bible was being written. And so why do I emphasize that? Because I want you to know that the same God that brought these people out is available to you to bring you out, to bring me out, and to deal with our situations and circumstances. He has not changed. He has not changed. And so his love for you and for me has not changed. The way that he operates, knowing more about you and knowing more about me than we know about ourselves, has not changed. Yes, there are times, and I will admit it, I just, I wish that things would just go a certain way. But I have learned over the years that the lessons, the strength, the 
truth of God's presence in my life is expanded by watching how God has taken me through a variety of situations and circumstances. And no, I am not a glutton for punishment. I wish that there was just a zap and it was over and all all of that like you do. But what I have come to recognize truthfully is that what I have learned in my journey with God as I've gone through situations and circumstances has given me such a richness and has given me so much more than I could ever imagine. So much more strength, so much more appreciation, so much more praise, so much more worship. As I watch and I look at how God has done things in my life, it has just been amazing. Even figuring out how I was going to have a podcast He just opened the door for how it could be done. And no, that wasn't a trial. And trust me, (laughs) there's been a lot of trials. It wasn't a trial, but it was definitely a question. And I knew that I was called to do something like this, but I I just didn't know how I was going to do it. And he showed up to give me that answer in the most magnificent, simplest of ways. And so... As you and I look to go through um, our situations and circumstances, God will show up in the most magnificent, the most unexpected, but the most marvelous of ways. And so I just want to point out a few um, scriptures, a few stories where uh, God just came in to the rescue. And I want you to think about these Because probably one or more of them is going to come very close to home. So here we go. The first area I want to deal with is financial security. Many of you may remember the widow in 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 1 through 7, uh, whose sons were about to be taken into slavery to repay their father's debt. And as the widow spoke to the prophet, The prophet shared what God had to say. And they received a miracle that changed their entire lives. They received the miracle in the oil, paid their debt, and was able to live off of that for the rest of their lives. And you can imagine that the franticness of a mother whose sons are about to be sold into slavery. And why? Because her husband, uh, it is believed, uh, you know, some historians say her husband helped to hide the prophets of God. And that's where their savings went. So in doing good, now she's a widow. Now her sons are about to be sold into slavery. And she sees the prophet. And she speaks to the prophet. And so now, after all of that, God gives the prophet instructions and the prophet gives the widow instructions. She follows them. All the debt is paid. Her living is taken care of. Her son's living is taken care of. Just because God looked at their situation and said, 
this is what I'm going to do. Business security. Uh, remember in Matthew 17 and verses 24 through 27, when Jesus is being asked about paying taxes and what happens? Jesus gives Peter an instruction to use his business. So Peter goes fishing, gets the first fish as the Lord instructed, opens his mouth, and the taxes for him and the Lord were right there in the mouth of the fish. Right there, Peter, the fisherman, had a fishing business, follows instructions. Not the first time he's followed instructions. And I, I wonder if he thought about when he didn't catch any fish and Jesus said to go and throw out the nets and prepare for a catch. And he says, nevertheless, but at your word. I wonder if he was recalling that and saying, okay, I'll do just that. I'll go get the fish and then we'll pay the taxes. I know it's going to be there. So business security, uh, again, found in Matthew chapter 17, verses uh, 24 through 27. Now, there's much more that um, we can discuss. And so <laughs> we're going to go on and share a couple more things. Personal danger. So in Matthew, again, in the eighth chapter, verses 24 through 27, Jesus is asleep on the boat. Many of you know the story and you, you're filling it in uh, as I speak. But let's think about how God saved the children, his children, the disciples from physical danger. Now, again, I want you to note you see how God doesn't, you know, it like being a child of God doesn't mean that you will be problem free. It does not mean that there won't be issues. It doesn't mean that you won't come up against life or death situations. It doesn't mean any of that. But what it does mean is that you have a solid word to fall back on. You have solid principles from scripture. You have solid stories that can let you and I know that God is looking and God is available to us. And so let's remember this story. Jesus is sleeping. The wind is whipping. The storm is whipping. Everybody else is frantic. Jesus is sleeping on the boat. They come, they get him and they're like, look, don't you even care about us? Can't you see that we're about to die? Jesus gets up, speaks to the wind and the, and the waves and they calm. Now, yes, some of these things that we're discussing are quite miraculous. But I think the main principle is that God is there. He's willing. And it doesn't have to be the miraculous, like the sea calming down and the waves and the storm and everything going away. But there are other things that God is doing and he wants you to remember that he is right there with you so we can rest assured. Now, here's something that may not be as dramatic, but it certainly 
happens. And that is, uh, I believe, I love the story in Psalm 73, evildoers, evildoers. Here, the man of God is frustrated. He sees evil happening. He sees it happening and happening and happening. And how many of you have seen this on your jobs um, in society? When you hear the news or see the news, when you speak to your children, you speak to your friends, your spouse, we can see that evil seems to be having an advantage. And that's what the man of God is frustrated about here. He, he's just like, you know, um, I, I, I see the evil that men are doing and I don't understand it. I can't get with it. It doesn't make sense to me. God, do you see your people? Do you see your children? Do you see us working hard? Do you see us living righteously? Do you see us uh, giving you offerings? And do you see us taking time with you? Do you see us? in the miserable condition that we're in by these people who could care less about you, or at least seem that seems that they could care less about you. Don't you see us in this? Don't you see us in our heartache? Don't you see us in our heartbreak? Don't you see us? Don't you see us? And then he turns around and said, until I came into the sanctuary, until I went into my prayer closet, until I realized that I needed to spend some time and hear what the Spirit of the Lord was saying, until, 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 until. There is a place for you and I that is so cherished and so precious and so wonderful as we spend time with God, as we lay out before him, as we pray, as we seek to enter his presence. And it's that always sounds a little funny to me because I know that God is always with me, but it's, it's um, I have one person and I, I, I want to say maybe it was Bishop Jake say it this way. You can be in the house with me, but if I'm in the bathroom and you're in the kitchen, I'm there, but I'm not, you, you can't see me, but you, you, you're, you there's a distance. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm giving the analogy, uh, kind of half, uh, uh, half and half, but I think you get the, the idea. There is a presence of God that comes, uh, and it can come regularly. It's, it's not, um, something that we have to do um how do I want to say it we don't we don't have to pour oil all over ourselves we don't have to drown in holy water we don't have to do all of those things but we do have to come we do have to come into a presence with God we do have to lean on him. We do have to just let him know what we're thinking about him. And so as the man of God came into the sanctuary, he saw the undoing of what the evildoers were participating in. 
and he got peace. He got assurance that whatever they were doing, it would not last. Finally, I want to deal with loneliness. Sometimes we feel like we are in a crowd of people, a group of friends, but that no one understands. No one gets us. No one sees us. And that's a challenging place to be. Truly a challenging place to be. But even here, we have assurance that God is with us. I'm quoting Joshua 1 and 5, but this phrase is found several places throughout the New and the Old Testament. Right? The the old or the old the first testament and the second testament. Um, you know, what however you would like to say at the front of the book or the to the back of the book. This phrase, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So God is never going to be absent from us and he's never going to forget about his promises to us never never and another verse of scripture Isaiah 49 chapter Isaiah chapter 49 verses 15 and 16 and this really um, I mean this always gets me in this verse of these two verses of scripture God says, can a mother forget the baby who's at her breast? Even if she could, I won't. And then he goes on to say that he has engraved our names in the palm of his hand. Now, we know that is metaphor. And yet it is still a truth. When God looks around, he never forgets you. He never, ever, no never forgets you. And so as we think of all of these places in our lives, whether it's financial security, business security, personal danger, the works of evildoers, loneliness, and any other thing that you can think of. God is saying to you and God is saying to me that he is with us, that we can rest assured of his presence. We can rest assured that he is moving in the same way that you do not feel the earth moving, yet it is. You may not see every Step in God's plan for your life, but rest assured that he has a plan, that he is putting it forward, that he is absolutely, absolutely working all things together for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. He is absolutely keeping things going. To put it very simply, he has heard you. He has seen you. He knows why he put you on the earth. You have a purpose. 
And with all of that, look at the word of God and rest assured. Thanks for joining me today on the podcast. And as we always close out saying, come on, let's grow together.